With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go. Hello, what have we here? And salutations. It's another collaborations of the Law Wands uh, Friday night discussions about Star Wars. Uh, today, we and our panel of guests are going to talk about Canto Bite. Uh, how necessary is it to the plot of The Last Jedi? And any... Uh, apprehensions or uh any any insight that we we glean from those scenes now it's going to be centered mostly around canto bite but the conversation will uh noticeably go further into the last shot i am probably a little bit before because the themes of canto bite are present throughout the film yep absolutely uh chris uh ready to introduce our panelists well who are you two people oh i'm luke hi guys. i'm char by the way <laughs> i'm just here <laughs> Her- Her- in case you forgot missing, about us you know Her- busy Her- buying yeah go ahead yeah busy buying a ps5 which you hey, know I, I don't blame them i don't know? i don't hate that move yeah um but Wait, that's, that's what that's what Herod's doing yeah, he was at work, and then he bought a PS5, so he has to go get that thing. Let's go. I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, so, you know, next time y'all see or talk to Harris, you know, congratulate him, but also, you know, talk about him because he wasn't here for this. Uh, so first up on our panel of guests, uh, coming to you live from Far, Far Away Factory, we have Brooke. Hold on. Sorry, I thought Chris would bring that. My bad. All right, here we go. Hey, hey, guess what, Brooke? Go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, Brooke, you're I gonna shout out your I, stuff here. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> so I've like here's my here's my spiel. Uh I, I cannot uh enjoy something or like consume something in a chill way ever. <laughs> um so I figured I'd make some money off of it. Um so capitalism <laughs> yeah it's a bunch of nerdy stuff lots of star wars lots of marvel lots of other random franchises here and there when i feel inspired um <laughs> yeah give me money because i need that <laughs> <laughs> trying to go to london yeah i've got i've got her one of her sweatshirts on repping, 60 repping. days y'all 60 yeah. days and we'll be in london Stop. Yes. Um... Now I have five <laughs> costumes to make because I also you, am making one for Brad now. You shot you 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 too you girl boss too close to the sun. I huh? did girl boss too close to the sun. But I, I, I get that. Yeah, my ideas are so good. So I, have <laughs> I can't help that I'm such a good ideas person. <laughs> but I also am not chill, so I have to that's, do it. That's that's fair. I mean, I'm a I I. Chris, I don't know if I'll do Kenobi Obi Wan, but I am definitely doing Blue Obi Wan. It, it doesn't matter. I'm still dragging you through fire. Blue. That, that's not happening. Your pain just has Obi-Wan? just begun. Uh, Obi Wan. 
Uh, but uh, yeah. Let's... Brooke, where can the good people follow you? Um. Well, fantastic <laughs> people now. It's been a long day, man. Um, no, I agree. Uh, underscore specifically, uh, B Dazzler underscore uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And I stream on Twitch sometimes, um, and that is B underscore underscore Dazzler. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks for joining us. Chris, who's up next? Uh, next, we have the uh, progenitor of this conversation uh, from our last uh, Friday night discussion, Chase. I don't appreciate that, Chris. I the do. Fire? Is this like actual combustion happening That's in like Luke's face? Content. I don't know why you're turning down good content. Exactly. Because I don't want to go to a hospital hey, in London. Listen, remember healthcare. Here, yeah, hear me out. Not for them, not for me. Remember when Chewbacca humiliated you at oh, Disneyland? Yes. And I turned it into a yeah, video for you wall. and you posted it and it did well? That's true. Content. That's true. That's good. Yeah, Luke, when you're exactly. commit to the bit. The algorithm do it, likes do it. All right, the, the only, the only, <laughs> yes, do it for the vibe. Mm -hmm. The only bit that I am committing to is the one that I'm never going to break, and I'm already in too deep. So that's 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 how we're doing this. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. See, you'll be oh, fine. I... And then Chris said the most Chris thing uh, ever. That's like Chris. Isn't that your main response to a lot of things? It's like. I said what I said. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But yeah, Chase, where can the good people follow you? You can follow me on TikTok at Forward Into the Black, where I talk about Star Wars and Star Citizen. By the way, um, that Star Citizen, I've been seeing that on my For You page. Holy shit, does that look cool? It's not. It's not? <laughs> It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's complicated. Oh, man, that looks fucking cool. Chase, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Nah. not. Don't get it. Don't get your hopes up, Do you, do you like really your life, not. Luke? I mean... Because that game will make you hate your life. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for warning me. Appreciate that. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and, and last but not least, uh, coming to you live from like 20 feet away from me in a separate <laughs> room, uh, the international award winning filmmaker, uh, my older brother, Rob. Hey, what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Good. How are you, Robbie? Ooh. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I was hey. waiting for Chris to start something. I was waiting for him to start something. You, you know what the funny thing is, though, is that Chris has a background of him and the Falcon but you're just in a regular room. But Rob, aren't yeah, you the like, filmmaker? You got to have something background wise. I do have backgrounds. I just haven't, I didn't even set it up. I was like, oh, I'm behind a blue screen, which would be perfect for a background right now. But I was like, eh, I'll just keep it regular right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll be special later on in, in, in the podcast. I'll See, he could have, he could have made it like the poster of his last film with all like the awards and accolades on it. But you know, see, this that. is why he keeps me around, not just to be a lawyer, but also to do the marketing and the promo. Like, <laughs> Rob was like, oh, it could have. <laughs> <laughs> The, the fact that this is starting off with two siblings just bashing each other is exactly how I thought. This I'm was regretting go. this choice already. I'm regretting <laughs> this choice already. I'm not. Um, <laughs> don't worry. It'll, it'll only get worse from here. 
But Rob, where can oh, the yeah, people here. find uh, all of your content, your your award winning movies and stuff? So currently, my movie is, which is called Life Ain't Like the Movies, by the way, it's currently on Tubi, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Roku, and a couple other places. But uh, most of my other content, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Breezy2345. Pretty much anywhere that has social media, if it's Breezy2345, it's pretty much going to be me. Awesome. I, I can't wait to listen to, to you, uh, all these amazing people talk about Canto Bite because I literally watched The Last Jedi today and I was like, I really don't have a say on whether I like it or not. I'm kind of just in the middle. So, uh, yeah, I feel like you guys are biting for my vote. So this should be fun. Uh-oh. Oh, no we're openly campaigning. <laughs> yeah, hey. There is no gray Jedi. It's either you like it or you don't. Okay. Hey, I never said gray Jedi. We don't talk about that. That's like we don't talk about Bruno. But for no. Cancer Bite, there is no middle ground. It's either you like it or you I don't. Mean, like it. I mean, I don't know. It, it depends on how narrow it's Jedi as a whole. It's either you like it or you don't. Uh, that's fair. But... I mean, I mean, it it really depends. A very lawyer response. It depends <laughs> uh, on on how how you frame it. Like, you know. I don't for my position on, on this is is like the rest the, the themes of Canto Bite, the like some like the dialogue, what's what's happening underneath. I am neutral on like or dislike. Don't really care. When it comes to Finn specifically, that is where all my issues derive from. And like 60% of my issues with the sequel trilogy. Uh because from from my point of view, with I feel like Finn shouldn't have gone on this uh journey with rose who canto bite i felt like poe would have been better for that uh ryan I, Johnson. i think you're right i think that was the point though yeah so ryan johnson talked about how in his his first draft for the script it was supposed to be finn and poe but he said that there was no conflict there they get along really well so he needed to create a character that well first he was like okay poe needs to go from hero to leader so i need to get him away from canto bite because that's not where he's going to learn that and then for finn he needed to create a character and he created rose and rose was originally supposed to be like grumpy and sort of like this gruff kind of character but then after they cast kelly marie tran and he saw like the energy she brought to the role he's like okay i gotta bring uh i gotta change rose's dynamic to fit that and i guess for me the first point i'll talk about with finn is finn and rose did not need to be antagonistic at least by the time we get the canto bite because rose talks about when they're looking over the fothiers is that what they call them yeah fothiers uh, um and you know she's talking about what the first order did to her and her uh family and her experience they could have had that conversation on the way to candlebite and then finn could have told her the truth of why he left the first order and pretty much all his events in the force awakens and that would have caused a much more interesting dynamic between the two considering she still pretty much views him as a coward and a traitor pretty much throughout that entire film up until we get to the them getting captured that's that's a fair point uh who who, who wants to give their opinions on canto by next 
I, I mean, in the Rose and Finn dynamic, I view it a little differently. I view Rose as an educator to Finn. Um, I think she is with the discussion she has about how I don't know if her homeworld is named, but basically the first order using it as a mining resource and then use the resources to shell uh, her planet and, you know, leaving, you know, her sister Paige and hers and her like pretty much without a home. Um, she's already been radicalized into the resistance. And I think Finn is still learning that radicalization process. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that, because you see him going into Canto Bight and he has this wonder of everything around him. Like there's, it's just so much, uh, there's so many lights, there's so much money, the outfits, the everything's extravagant. He's never seen this. And we see this in the previous movie with Ray. So there's like a parallel there. And he doesn't see what Rose sees. Uh, and Rose is trying to guide him and be like, I get that it's pretty. I get that it's nice. And this is like the dream, but you have to look deeper. And he does start to see this as their adventure in Canto Bite goes on. That's fair. Oh, no, I completely get what Chase is saying, too, because oh, yeah, when he's absolutely. talking about um, um, the Hazian smelt, the, the mineral that is wrapped around Rose's neck. That was brutally mined by the First Order. Her home planet, Hayes Minor, was eradicated. They they blatantly killed all of her people. I mean, the majority of them. Just to test out the weapons that, you know, they were... Just to test out the stuff that they were mining there. Just to be like, hey, okay, we're going to build these weapons. We're going to build, manufacture all these things. Test them on your people. And then we're going to use them across the galaxy. And mm -hmm. there's a, a deep hatred that Rose has for her and Finn doesn't see that yet because as what Chase said Finn is just learning what side he's on even the whole sequence with DJ when DJ's like do it for yourself not for the resistance not for the first order do it for you I have similar feelings with that I really like the I like the dynamic because and I think Ryan Johnson has talked about how like Rose and DJ are like the angel and devil on Finn's shoulder and like you think about where Finn came from, he's a lot less experienced in like the world because of his, how he was brought up in the first order. Um, so uh, Rose has seen a lot, like we said, DJ has probably seen a lot and they're kind of like the opposite sides of the spectrum of like who he could end up as someone who, you know, really wants to fight for freedom or someone who is very self-interested like DJ. So that's why I like it, and it doesn't bother me that they're like more antagonistic towards each other. But so for me, contextually, not that not from what Rose knows, because Rose has this very limited view because of the information that she has. And so for coming from here, our uh, a viewer expect our viewer uh, overview of Finn. Finn was a slave. So less than a week or within less than 10 days, he just escaped his enslavement. So it's weird to me for him to be educated on or touted that, oh, the First Order and the Resistance are the same. To me, from a narrative standpoint, that comes off as insulting because Finn... Finn, when it comes to DJ, DJ is apathetic to everything. He's like, they're all the same. So it doesn't matter who you join, because if you're as long as you're in it for yourself, 
nothing's going to change. Finn knows that's not true because although both sides have technically called him a traitor and tried to imprison him, uh, you know, at least he has with the resistance, with Ray, with Poe, <clears throat> with Leia, with Han, people that actually did try to look out for him. Having had that conversation, if Rosen, he had had a conversation on the ship or on the way to Canto Bight, she would have been a lot more understanding of him. But she doesn't know what he's been through, and he's only just learning what she's been through. You know, the parallels between Ray and Finn with regards to, you know, like Ray didn't know that there was this much green in the galaxy. Finn, um, there, there's a purity in what Ray had versus there is a, a taintedness in what Finn sees. And I don't feel that is fair for him to have that moment and then have it immediately taken away because that's pretty much everything that happens with Finn in the trilogy. He has, he, you know, he gets this plan to escape. He immediately gets thrust into the conflict. He has a friend with Ray. He's immediately separated from her. He, you know, um, and, and so I feel like, he never gets a chance to actually experience anything without being like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And so, I, uh, I was going to say, I want to talk about Chris's comment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. my, uh, my like feelings and I think like us as an audience, we know that Finn was essentially a slave in the first order. But if you like put yourself in Finn's shoes, I view it more as like, being in a cult and then having to deconstruct that. And that takes a lot of time after, you know, growing up with all of this propaganda and brainwashing. And like, obviously when he left, like he knew that something was wrong, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like, he's all of a sudden, like all better, you know, like he still has to take time to deconstruct mm -hmm. everything that he knew before that. And I think for like Rose, if you put yourself in her perspective, like she's also grieving, like her sister just died and grief does a lot to a person and clouds their judgment and their view. Um, so she's obviously very angry. And that's why they needed to have a conversation because Finn also knows that kind of grief because he he has no family, but the only friends and bringing in expanded material, the only actual friend he had was the one that put the three blood uh, lines on his face, which was slip. It was the only, and Finn had been looking out for him pretty much as long as they had known each other because they were in the same troop. Mm -hmm. And so that also Finn was never actually brainwashed the the context of it is he what he resisted it because of his force connection because that from what little we do have he was in his own way resisting the like not following the first order's rules like in, in the way things happened so to me it it's just like had this happened let's say a year after the force awakens where finn has time to deconstruct really anything then that's a more fair 
uh, representation, but considering he's been in a coma for half the time, he's been free. And I don't know if you really consider it freedom, considering he's still technically on the run for most of The Force Awakens, and then he's in a coma, and then now he's back in the conflict. He's and pretty much being subjected, okay, like now you have to choose, like you don't get to find out even who you are as a person outside of being in war. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that, and, and I'll say this, you know, I think Canto Bite is, is a perfect pivotal, for me, it's a perfect pivotal moment for Finn's character. Because um, kind of what we said in the very beginning of like, he's not supposed to be there. Rose is not supposed to be there. Holdo says that, like, why did you send these people? These people are not the people to be on this mission. And that's a whole arc of Poe's character of like screwing everything up essentially is his number one goal. Um, but in I, the like three movies with Finn, I look at the force awakens as the realization of Finn as a person and realizing that like, Hey, the first order, not the vibe. Let's get out of this. Uh, and he starts to realize, you know, like, let's let's start to right the wrongs and do the right thing. And in The Last Jedi, it's his awakening. It's his understanding of his place in um, not necessarily like the First Order versus the Resistance, his place in the galaxy and what what is right and what is wrong. And he's going to make mistakes along the way. He makes mistakes on Canto Bite. He takes the shortcut and doesn't even try to, once they get captured, he doesn't try to go after the Codebreaker. He just like, you know what, DJ will will do just fine, which incorrect. And we see that goes pretty terribly. Uh, and he also tries to sacrifice himself in the end of the movie and he doesn't need to. And Rose again, guides him through that. And in the rise of Skywalker, it's his radicalization. It's him leading uh, people to take down who enslaved him and oppressed him. And I think it's like, I really enjoy the character arc he has, um, you know, how it was executed could be a whole other debate, but I do like the three steps they take with Finn's character in the sequel trilogy with Canto Bite being the pivotal moment for him. Interesting. Rob? Interesting points. Now, I'm listening because honestly, these are, this is the first time I'm actually hearing people who actually like the Canto Bite sequence, so I'm just listening to absorb information here, their viewpoints, why they like it before I say anything. Because like I said, this is the first time I've actually spoken to some people who uh, about the last Jedi that like that sequence. Most of the people in my friend groups do not like that sequence, and I am one of them. It's just because from a narrative standpoint, it feels like it robs the film of any momentum. Like the plot is finally starting to get going. We started to find things out with, you know, Leia. Leia gets attacked, and now she's sidelined. Now we have Holdo, who's in command, who we know nothing about. And then now we have Rose and uh, Finn going on this side quest that feels like a spinoff of a show that could have been a Disney Plus series at some point. You know, Rose and Finn's adventures on Canto Bite. So it feels like it's very divorced from the the, the actual narrative of the storyline, which is why I, I tend not to like it. Like I get from the things of, you know, war, painting the sides, both sides are shades of gray. Nothing's ever black and white in Star Wars as, you know, they were in the original trilogy. Again, that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to do, was shade the world of Star Wars in shades of gray and said nothing's as good or as bad as it seems. Uh, but when it comes to, like, Finn, his character arc, like, in the first, you know, in The Force Awakens, we find out that, you know, he is basically a child soldier. He's a child soldier who went through training, conscription. He didn't have a choice. He got forced into this. And then now, in his very first moment of actually getting battle experience, 
you know, he is, um, he resists. He cannot fire a shot. And his friend dies, marks up his helmet, it screws him up internally. And then messes up. He finds, um, what's the term I'm looking for? He finds a chosen family in Ray. You know, he finds kinship, he finds friendship in Ray, and he latches onto that because he's never, basically, it's never a connection he's felt before outside of that stormtrooper that died. So then now he he's forced into this position where he has to make a choice between uh, finding his friend or serving the greater good, which I don't think he needed to learn lesson between the difference between the greater good and his friend because he knows the first order is bad. Throughout the Force Awakens, he that's why he's running away from the first order, and that's just because they raised the village and killed a bunch of innocent people. He knows that they're already evil, and he doesn't need that lesson. I guess a second time is how I felt like it felt like they were just rehashing things that Finn has already known. And that's kind of why it's just, it's just between it feeling divorced from the, the, the main narrative of the film, it robs momentum of the film. And then it feels like Finn's character arc. It was just thrown in there for Finn to have something to do. And it felt, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'd, I'd add on to that, that, I feel like if there was ever one person to talk about the benefits of joining the um, resistance and on the flip side to be the devil on the shoulder to stay out of the conflict, DJ wouldn't be one because DJ is is apathetic and that's not Finn ever. It would have been a a stormtrooper that left the Empire um, or a, a clone um, someone that is a cautionary tale to Finn, like this is who you would be in something that is more connective to him, where it's like, I was in this issue. I was in, I was under the empire. I was under the Republic and I saw what I, be, everything became and I decided to leave and whether I regret or don't regret being a part of the rebellion, um, or the new Republic or something to that effect. And in terms of the angel on his shoulder, to me, the best person to teach him, the absolute best person is Leia because Leia was born under the empire and had to look like she was serving it while secretly, even unbeknownst to her parents fighting for the rebellion. And so for someone that's been in the fight for at this point, probably 40 years close to it, because uh, she's like 53, I think, when she dies. And she started when she was like 13 or 14. So close to 40 years. Like, that is someone, and besides the other parallels between Finn and Leia, like, that is the best person to communicate those to Finn as opposed to someone that is more or less, because of how it is written, preaching to a slave about why his oppressors are bad. And that's not a Rose character issue. That is a Ryan Johnson writing issue, in my opinion. Interesting. I would, I would make the argument that you're right. Like those are the those are the ideal people to handle these situations for Finn. Like, yes, Leia should be the one should be the one talking to him. Uh, Rose should not be the one on this mission with her. But I do think what Yoda says. Uh, you know, talking to Luke is, you know, the greatest teacher failure is, I think 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everything on CantoBite is a failure. Um, from who's there, for why they're there, for how they handle it. Uh, and how they get back and and everything goes wrong. Um, and I think all of the choices made in all the directions they go lead to failure, um, which is the theme of the movie. So I think everything falls in line with the theme of the last Jedi. Cause like, yeah, of course, like it'd be great if, you know, Poe Dameron, you know, made the right choice and, didn't send bombers in when they didn't need to. It'd be great if he didn't provoke the first order and then have ties send missiles into one of their capital ships. It'd be great if they sent people to sneak onto the first order ship with an actual plan with people who like can strategize this and can like realize it for them. None of this is done, but that's the point. And that's like the lesson that a lot of these characters learn. I don't think Finn's lesson is that the first order is bad. Finn's lesson is how deep these roots have grown and that, yeah, like it's so easy to say X, Y, Z is bad. Great. Congratulations. You've learned like the most basic thing, but then to realize like the systemic problems, like it, it takes processing, it takes understanding and it usually takes people who've, uh, you know, felt these things, you know, a character like Rose who had, uh, a horrible experience with the first order and you know finn obviously who's been in the first order they have this equal hatred but rose has been able to process this i think a little bit longer than finn has has been she's been more so she's been on the outside longer than finn has and can help finn understand how deep the roots have grown how deep that evil is um and again it's not no one is teaching finn first order bad i don't think that's the point of the movie but i think there's deeper plot points that are trying to be explained to finn i like that rose is like the little guy like i think leia would be the ideal person for for finn and i i wish like i think what would make it better for me is like just not necessarily changing canto bite but just giving more screen time to finn and more interactions with the other characters like leia um to kind of reinforce the stuff that he learned maybe on Canto Bite. Um, I just feel like otherwise, what is why is Rose there? And then she's not an important character, and then she's written out because there's someone else there. And I feel like it was important to have a character like Rose in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I, I think mean? the reason why Rose was important was because when you look at the Canto Bite scene as a whole, you see them trying to go find the master code breaker so they can break into the tracking system of the first order of the supremacy. But in reality, though, they end up inspiring the next generation of the resistance by accident. 
that's what I get from it with those with the children and how <laughs> yeah. they were able to be like, hey, we're not the bad guys. Look at this sigil. Look at the ring. These are the symbol. And it it it, it, it connects right to what Holdo said when she took over. It's like our symbol is known across the galaxy and people will fight for it because once those yeah. kids see it, they know exactly who they are. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you. And, and like, at the end of the movie, you see those kids again with, like, it's it all happened by accident. Inspired. It wasn't supposed to be what they were going for, but it happened. And that's what I got from it. It's, it's I mean, even though it didn't, it wasn't really fleshed out in The Rise of Skywalker, but it was, it was a beautiful moment for, you know, not even for Star Wars fans, but, like, upcoming Star Wars fans to be inspired by these sequel trilogy main characters that are being like, hey, we're not here. We're not a threat here. We're we're friendly. And uh, we're just trying to find a way to escape these these bozos on Cancelbite that are trying to capture us. Because mm-hmm. Slow and Low was like, hey, you can't park there. Zap, zap. And yeah. You know, but... Brooke, you were saying something. Uh, I was just going to say, like, to me, Rose is like the heart of the story and kind yeah. of the heart of the themes of Star Wars. Um, because she's been through so much and seen so much and suffered so much and even you know has watched the um resistance fail in their missions but also fail her because they failed to keep her sister safe and yet she still has full faith in this cause because she sees like just how bad it is on like the ground i think an important moment for rose and like i i really really do appreciate rose in this movie for a plethora of reasons but the the moment when they're on the ship where they're on the yacht with dj and you know he's like you got to give me some collateral to to do this and he wants the hat the hazians smelt uh the Mm -hmm. medallion and finn's like no 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 that's important to rose like you can't take that away from her and rose like without hesitation is like take it like material things mean nothing to i mean not that they don't mean nothing but like it doesn't supersede like the cause. It doesn't supersede her friends' lives. Um, and I think these are, again, these are things that I think Finn is still learning as he's going along. And it's a really good journey that he's on. Um, and her being able to do this and her doing stuff like that has, par- I think, parallels with the real world. I think with the father, animal liberation activists do pretty insane stuff and rose is fully on board to do these things because it it is for the greater good and it's like yes this may seem super intense and super extreme in the moment but what we're doing is right and there's like tons of allegory of like children and pens and child labor with factory farming etc etc there's lots of parallels in this movie with real world stuff that's would make this thing maybe hours long uh um but I, i really do appreciate character for for being that person who knows can still grow as a person but understands like hey we can't hold on to these things we can't we can't just look at canto bite from the surface you know we have to like dig deeper we have to make sure that you know everyone is taking to make sure that we're not holding on to the things that don't matter and in the end of the movie it's clear that she's given one of those kids the ring you know that's a that's probably important to her it's a symbol of her uh, ideologies but she's like let me pass this to another kid so that they have that spark the same spark that i have so i love rose with all my heart yeah so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the real world parallels succeed for rose but they fail finn 
because you're talk you talked about earlier about the systemic issues and how deep these things run with the first order, which Finn already demonstrates by saying we have to get like to the most outer part of the outer rim to get away from the first order. But the other thing is when you have a black character that you have essentially propped up as a slave, you have to take a special care in how they are written and how their character develops when they finally do attain their freedom. And this is as much an issue at, for Ryan Johnson as it is for many uh, white writers when writing BIPOC characters, just as much as it is with many male writers being able to write women writers. There, Finn was written as if he was not black. And while in the ultimate ish, uh, ultimate goal of progress, that might be good at this point when there's so much struggle for representation, it is not a point of, of success to say that he was written in a colorblind manner. And I think that when you have this opportunity, but you already feel like, yes, Rose is driving the plot forward on Canto Bite. But at this point, Finn has already taken a back seat. And now he's taking another black back seat, and is now like, okay, you need to learn this. You need to learn this. You need to learn this. Instead of him, him actually being able to be front and center in his own plot line. And I would also argue that in terms of failure, Finn has failed pretty much every point we've seen him on screen. Yep. And the overall thing is, if they do win, it's a pyrrhic victory that someone else obtained. So with escaping from the First Order at the beginning of The Force Awakens, it's more Poe that is driving that success. Finn is helping out because he can't pilot ship. Fine. Uh, when it comes to escaping the First Order on Jakku, that's him and, and uh, Ray working together. So that'd be the one real success that is then kind of snatched away because they get picked up by Han and Chewie. Um, Han and Chewie or Han and Ray are the reasons why they're able to escape uh, the various gangs and the uh, uh, Wrath Tars. Mm -hmm. um, when they get to start what well, Taco Donna, he's not really a part of, he's a part of the battle, but then he gets saved by Han. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Starkiller base, he, he, they succeed in rescuing Ray, but then are immediately put back in the crosshair of things. Finn, you know, attempts to save Ray after she gets knocked out. He succeeds for a little bit and then is immediately knocked out and injured, and then Ray wins. So at this point, you know, when we get to the last shot and say, okay, the themes are uh, failure. Finn's pretty much only known failure since he started. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's, you know, like at that point for him, he needed to fail because yeah. he already has. And I mean, I think, well, it's so tough because it's like we got Chris and then we got Chris. So whenever I say it, like, I agree with Chris and it's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> There's two Chris's. Uh, I, I, I think, Chris makes a good point down here. He says uh, he says it would have been, it it been nice if a more diverse cast of writers looked at the overall meta plot of the sequel trilogy and go, "Hey, you know what?" Hmm. Well, yeah, because you I see, mean, like, because I mean, the writers of the story. I mean, because we, we got we got Chris Terrio in episode nine. We got 
uh, Ryan Johnson in episode eight, and we also have, G- I believe, uh, Kazdan wrote episode seven, right? Kazan yeah, Kazan and wrote Abrams, I believe. Yeah, Kazan and Abrams. And, um, I mean, they're all white. Which, I mean, which Chris made a good point, as if they they wrote him as a white character. And, um, man, I feel like they could have added more pieces to that writing board for what he could have done and what he was, what he could have been presented as in those three films. And, um, and I mean, if you think about like the overall meta plot of the sequel trilogy, it was um, them taking down the resist or taking down the first order, and Ray finding herself. That was the main plot. But everyone else that was incorporated with the story, with the resistance, with Finn, Rose, Poe, Chewie, and Han, and later on Rose. And I already said Rose, but you know what I mean. Like because because Kelly Marie Tran, that was the first main. Asian character in Star Wars. So they were making ground they were doing groundbreaking things with the sequel trilogy with having the first um African American uh main character, the first Asian main character. And with Poe Dameron being the first Latino character, it's when you have these white writers covering all these different diverse actors and actresses, it's it's really hard to be able to portray you know, their real self in a sense. There's, I, I fully agree that like a more diverse writing staff would have uh, helped out quite a lot. Um, I don't want to say that the writing staff failed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the stories they told were impactful. I think they resonated with a lot of people. I think young kids are going to resonate with these characters growing up for a myriad of reasons. The one thing that's always, uh, I think been a fault of star Wars since it's, inception um as that it's always been owned by a and this is not a a star wars exclusive problem it's more of a media problem is can you tell stories like canto bite right that well essentially capitalism bad right can you tell that through the lens of a multi-billion dollar corporation uh being disney or 20th century fox can you tell a story about defector mentality someone like Finn, when we don't fully understand defectors in the real world, the psychological effects of Americans going to North Korea and the 50s and 60s or going to Vietnam in the 70s and then going to the Middle East in the 90s and 2000s, we don't fully understand this yet. So can you tell these stories accurately and positively? I don't know if that's the right word to use. Um, it's a tricky thing that I think people try. Like, I mean, there's oodles of video games out there made by the biggest billion dollar publisher is saying hey capitalism bad it's like oh, it's a great story i love the message you shouldn't be telling this story and do we hold the same reservations for star wars being owned by initially 20th century fox and now disney basically going from the biggest uh media conglomerate to the now biggest media conglomerate like can we tell these stories through those lenses accurately and maybe that's another debate uh because it's something i've always struggled with like and even the ethics of can you with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Find yourself in an quote anti-capitalist mentality and consume things like Star Wars. Knowing that, yeah, which is a funny thing because a lot of people claim or talk about the capitalism in that particular scene in Cancel Bite, which I mean, reality was it wasn't really about capitalism, it was just the way that the people in Cancel Bite made their money or profit. Yeah, it was associating with the first order that was the main issue. I don't think people wanted to cover capitalism as like the main central focus of the problem, but it was, in reality, it was just them selling weapons to the people that are causing all these issues across the galaxy. Which isn't any different than Which is why Rose gets so angry, because those are the same people that are giving weapons to the people that oppressed her people. Which which isn't any different than what we see in the original trilogy. I mean, basically the whole rebellion versus the Empire is uh, George putting the middle finger up to the uh, U.S. government for the Vietnam War, you know? Like, Star Wars has always had that underlining kind of rebellion kind of like against the establishment type of move um and i guess that's kind of what they were kind of looking for in canto bite um i think after hearing a lot because again i don't really have much of a say on on canto bite i it's not that i don't like it or or I, i super love it i i i think it's necessary for the story does it I can kind of understand where Rob's coming from though from like a filmmaker standpoint where like the narrative itself you kind of feel like it's taking away from other things that we are seeing at that time but I think it is kind of necessarily necessary for Finn and Rose particularly because you you want them to have that screen time you know what I mean um, and my biggest thing is that Finn particularly in the sequel trilogy gets sidelined way too much uh and that's and that's what i kind of agree with 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 chris and particularly because i think finn had so much potential and i feel like they just kind of dropped the ball with his character so look what are you what what are your so you so you watched the last jedi today do you have like any like opinions on it or are you i mean gonna, I, are, are, you, are you just gonna be an arbitrator you know what i mean well i i don't i don't really i don't really have an opinion like to be honest like i i i enjoy we all have to have an opinion come on well i, I don't i just you don't. know what you watch that movie and we were, you're were preparing to talk about this that you're like oh i, I don't mean know. i i i i get both sides of the thing i just don't lean one way or the other i'm just kind of like in the middle but rob was gonna say something rob yeah, yeah, no, one one of the things I was going to bring up is um, one of my larger issues with the sequel trilogy as a whole is that our main trio never really have an established chemistry or connection throughout the film. So, like, if you compare it to the original trilogy, you know, you had Luke, Leia, and Han. They had, they were all together through from at least the middle point of A New Hope to the very end. Then when we get to Empire, they kind of split and fracture. So how Chris was saying that Rose was probably not the best person for that mission should have been Poe. I agree with that point because Poe 
and Finn already have an established relationship. And I saw somebody in comments bring up the parallel that this was supposed to be like the best pin section of The Last Jedi where everything goes wrong for the heroes. And I feel like they were trying, at the same time, they try to make DJ the new Lando of the film uh, in that portion of it. It feels like it feels like there could have been a better chemistry building for Ray, or not for Ray, for uh, Poe and Finn in that section. And I know Ryan Johnson said there wouldn't be any conflict, but that's not true. There's ways to create conflict based on how one does certain actions. Maybe Finn doesn't agree with the way uh, Poe is trying to do things. Maybe Poe is trying to take more of a leadership role and Finn doesn't like how he's being talked to because it reminds him of being in the First Order. There's different ways they could have put Cantabite to make it a better sequence to fit to the larger narrative because Poe leaves his post. You know, Poe gets reprimanded for um, basically being reckless. So him sending, you know, Rose and Finn on this uh, on this journey adds to that. But if he would have went himself and left his post, that would have added more to him being more reckless because now he's deserting his post to do something that he feels is better for the mission. I feel like there was a better way to incorporate Canto Bite into the larger narrative as a whole, and it just kind of misses the mark. Yeah, Rob, you make a really good point, too, because I think that a lot of people's issues with the sequels is them not being together as much as they should because Ray doesn't meet Poe until the very end of Episode Eight, And like, in, in Episode Nine, they start, like, you know... Like having like chemistry, but I mean they they end up getting separated anyway, and then you know coming all together when Exegol happens. But um, yeah, you're right on the money with that. Um, I, and oh, go ahead, Chris. I, I that's why I'd argue because Ray doesn't meet Poe until the end of the movie that the main trio of the sequels to me originally felt like Finn, Ray, and Ben. They all had connections. They all had parallels. And you can't tell me that on Starkiller base, that traitor wasn't just like, I hate everything about you. And well, yeah, I, also Ben knew or Kylo Ren knew who Finn was. Prior no, to the Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I also feel like that Force sensitivity, because, I mean, when you see Kylo in the Force Awakens, he looks at Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just a coincidence that he's looking at Finn. Like, there's something up there. And that was and, the second time that happened. Yeah. And then Kylo's just, like, he's kind of figure, trying to figure things out, but he has that, like, that tunnel vision, right? We always see, like, the villains kind of have that tunnel vision, like, kind of like his grandpappy with Obi-Wan. Like, they have they, they have this set goal of trying to find the person that has, has hurt them the most. And it's like tunnel vision, and 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 that's why he doesn't like go deeper into like why is this trooper kind of giving me this vibe as well. Um, but yeah, bringing it back to Canto Bite, if yep. if it had been Finn and Poe, the way to create conflict, uh, the blueprint for that is in the original trilogy. If you wanted them to be platonic, look at Luke and Han in A New Hope. If you wanted them to be romantic, look at Han and Leia at any of the movies honestly like you have you have it right there and people already try to make the parallels between uh han and leia and and finn and poe given that one sequence in uh empire and the last jedi like blueprints there yeah i I I feel like go ahead i was just gonna say it's hard for me to like picture Poe and Finn going to Canto Bite because then that erases Rose as a character, essentially. 
And if you're putting, uh, you can create that conflict, but then to me that does a disservice to Poe's character unless you write it differently. And I don't like, I don't know how you would do that. Um, because I feel like the, in the force awakens, he's like a static character. Like he's like, cool. He's a pilot in the resistance. You know, he's, you know, a good guy. And then I really like his story in the last Jedi because he has to grow into the leader that he becomes. And I feel like that would get lost. And then mm. there's a whole third part of the plot line of the movie that you would have to fill in with something else. And I also don't know what you would put there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think one of the big things for me with Poe and I, I, I think Chris, the way you feel about Finn and the rise of Skywalker is the exact same way I feel about Poe and the rise of Skywalker of like, buddy, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything <laughs> good. <laughs> You just stood there like your your story arc was so good in the Last Jedi, and then the Rise of Skywalker. You're just he like, looked no. good doing it. He, he looks great doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we have to say this: like the sequel trilogy has the best looking cast. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, in the Last Jedi, kind of like when Cantobite is going on, and kind of to bounce off what Brooke said, like, sure, we could send Poe with. Uh, Finn and there's a blueprint there to have that. We could also send Chewbacca. You know, we could send Admiral Akbar. We could send anyone to Canto Bite if we want to, right? <laughs> Admiral uh, Akbar, Canto Bite. That'd be sick. Akbar was dead. R.I.P. to a real one. <laughs> we can we can rearrange the story. I kind of vibe with that because then he's like the older, like grumpy, like father figure. <laughs> uh, Where's the uh, master codebreaker? He's like, oh, I need. Oil. Oh, there's an artificial ocean here. Oh, great. Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a trap. We can uh, that here. But, I, I think, and I think it was Rob that said it that like we didn't know anything about Holdo coming into it, and it's like I, that's intentional because mm -hmm. Finn reacts. I'm so not sorry. I'm sorry, Finn. Poe reacts to that like, ooh, who's who's in charge? Who's the person? I'm in charge. I'm Poe Dameron. I'm the best, and he gets shot down by Leia and Holdo. Like, drop. I think that's great for his character. Um, I think you know personally, Poe should have had a. a story arc that was more along the lines of you keep fucking up and it's costing people their lives mm -hmm. you need to slow down you need to stop and we we get that with holdo um and he decides to do a mutiny which is again the wrong mistake and because holdo's already 10 steps ahead of poe and i think her doing that and then also her sacrificing herself um and what leia says i think i have the quote written down uh uh She's more interested in preserving the life and being a hero, uh, which is super important for uh, Poe's arc in The Last Jedi. And I, I think it's really important that he does go through that. Could he go through that on Canto Bite? Sure. I think there's a way to write that in, but I do think the way they wrote it with, with Poe staying with the Resistance works with Mr. Foe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ship name, the ship name for Finn and Poe. Storm if it, if it had po if it was Poe and Rose <laughs> on Canto Bite, I do feel like th that opportunity is is written with there because we still don't even have it in the expanded material where Rose confronts Poe about getting Paige killed. That is true. I because think that could have been a very big thing for Poe's. Like, oh well, fuck. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, especially like, because it's 
an unnecessary death, to be honest, which yes. given all the context of the film and everything that we have, like Paige did not have to die. There's... All those people didn't have to die. And the fact that we still don't have that confrontation even in Resistance yeah. Reborn. They explore like pose grief in Resistance Reborn, but they don't do any like specifics like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah but Ro- Rogue, Rogue Squadron is going to be about. That's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, the the sustained optimism from Chase about Rogue Squadron. I love it. <laughs> um, one thing that so I, I rewatched Last Jedi last night, um, and one thing I noticed because uh, w- without all the whiny crybabies who don't know anything about Star Wars and how starships work complaining about the bombers. Uh, One thing I noticed about that sequence and then the sequence following and how Poe, like Poe's vision um, kind of clouds everything going on is that he wants to take down the dreadnought, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the pilots behind him also want to take down the dreadnought and they're none of the pilots are saying poe i think this is a bad idea all the pilots are like let's get it we're gonna do this uh you have tally there that is like grinning she's like screw leia we're taking this thing down poe is the guy to do this and the bomber pilots and Paige, uh like is doing everything she can to make sure that dreadnought goes down um and as i think maybe as drawn out as that sequence is um, I think it's great. And I think it is this kind of whole other level of the higher command versus the people on the ground or in the starships in this situation of like, they want this and they want to feel, you know, wh- whatever it is for those individual pilots and the operators within the bombers and stuff like that, of like, they want to feel the glory. They want to feel like they did something that mattered. And it's something I <laughs> <laughs> never happens. No. <laughs> You know, when we were watching, I was watching it with Harith last night, and as uh, Loren is going by Leia, I was like, Goose, you want to buzz the tower? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's fucked. And, and that's why I feel like a conversation in the movie before Poe has learned that uh, lesson about being a hero versus being a leader, it would have been important for him to talk to Rose because now you're not talking command to that mid command level. You're talking to the everyman who has been affected in a way that a lot of these people haven't been affected specifically. Like they've all lost people in different ways, but like you are directly responsible because you led her sister to her death. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And yeah. just saying it's a hero. She w- she died a hero doesn't necessarily alleviate that. Right. And with Tally and in the in the more expanded material, her sister Callie both died under uh, Poe's command. Uh, and, and Poe's like, you know, the, the joke is permission to get an X-Wing and blow stuff up to Leia. It's like they don't actually need to do this right now. They need to focus on getting out of there. And Poe's still like, let's do it. And then Tally's like, yep, whatever Poe says, let's go do it. And that ends up getting her killed because Poe just can't settle down. He can't just like take a minute. And he does learn that in the end when they're on crate, when he like takes a second. And Finn at this point is the one that's like, yeah, let's go get him. And he's like, wait, I know what's going on. I know what Luke is trying to do. Well, he doesn't know fully what Luke is trying to do, but like he gets like, there is a plan here that is being set in motion and we need to look at this plan from the outside and follow through with that plan. So there is a great moment of learning for Poe in this. Uh, I love it. It does not get carried into the rise of Skywalker. I do think both the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker, as much as I love both of those movies with all my heart would have benefited so much from extended editions. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Where I needed. Well, we just don't know what's in those extended editions. The JJ cut exists. Wait a minute. The JJ cut exists. It's four hours long. I will hold on to that. We just don't know what's in it. We just don't know what. Rob knows. It's 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 another hour and a half of salacious B crumb dancing around with uh, (laughs) Babu Frick. Restore the JJ cut. Restore the JJ cut. I'd be cool with too. Uh, but no, like no. I, I love the Last Jedi. I love the Rise of Skywalker. I love the stories that are told. I have issues with that. I have issues I don't bring up because I don't want to give toxic fanboys fuel. Um, but I love the movies. I love the stories they tell. I would love more, and I do think that is like an indication of good writing. And I think that's why I do like Finn and Poe and Ray is that we want so much more out of these characters. Whereas like there's characters that have been written in all the fiction where it's like, yep, that was your story. Great. Moving on. Uh, And I think it's awesome that we, we, all of us, I think desperately want more of each one of these characters. Like I know I want more of Poe, like more than anything. Um, But yeah, I, I think that is like a credit to the writers for the sequel trilogy of like making interesting, intriguing characters that we want to see more of. I'd also say in regards to Finn on Crate, I hate pretty much everything a part of that as well. Uh... Um, I would like to <laughs> oh, sidebar, Crate, though. Crate I would like to sidebar real quick um, and respond to uh, not much's comment. Um, he is gay. Yeah, him and Wedge yeah. are like, hey, like butt buddies. I don't fruit. know what to tell you. Yeah. Hey, we we oh, don't no, we, care. No, we didn't try. Star Wars matter. already, you know, made it happen. Yeah, I I I don't care. Give me Mara Jaden Cannon. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I nah, don't, man. I don't care. Where's Kells? Hashtag Wedge Luke. No, 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 no. I'm not saying she has to be married to Luke. I just want because that's generally what they're thinking. It's, oh, he was married to Mara Jade in in Legend. I don't care. Give me Mara Jade Sky or not. Well, she could be Ray Skywalker. I don't care. Give me Mara Jade. Give me Marjay. That's all I want. Look at him. Just look at him. Yeah. He wears Chanel boots, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the way him he looks at Han? He was he was very sassy in the last Jedi. He was very <laughs> yes, sassy he was. throughout all the movies. That's what I never understood. People like, oh, I don't like Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi. What has changed? No, yeah. <laughs> 
So, okay. So Yeah, Wormy is not different, okay? So, so this is so if we're going to start talking about like Last Jedi as a whole, right? I think the <laughs> biggest thing is like that people have is with Luke. And I personally really love where Luke is at in throughout this entire like the, throughout this movie. Now you're gonna see Rob and I diverge, but I still want to get. I want to get the crate if we're before we get to Luke. I want to get the. I, I, okay, I all right, crate. we'll go crate. We'll go crate, and then we'll 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 go. Yes, Chaco, exactly. Uh, okay, so for me, when it comes to to Finn on on crate, um, one Finn going like trigger happy. Oh, I want to uh, like. Wait, just hold on, have... Chris. Chris, hold on. Tashi Station is a. Uh... Toshi Station so. isn't a space station; it's a nightclub. <laughs> something was getting converted. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway, um, so when it when it comes to Finn on crate, I think it is a disservice to his character to want to a just full on just like sacrifice himself on that on kind of a hill turn on something everyone is saying like no this will not work and he even like if he looks around he will literally see it's not going to work um but also um i think when it comes to and this is a a, a general criticism with finn post the force awakens um when he really when well, mostly the Rise of Skywalker, but it's kind of in the Last Jedi. When it comes to confronting other stormtroopers that he has openly admitted at least once or twice at this point were also conscripted and taken from homes they never knew, there is not that moment of con- consideration of, oh, I even in the most Jedi way that he wouldn't know because he's, he's not a Jedi, it would be like, they don't know what's on the other side of this but I'm still just going to kill them without giving them that opportunity, which I feel like that's another reason why we were robbed of that deleted scene uh, of Finn and Phasma on uh, Snoke's flagship. I don't know yeah. if it actually was given a name. But like it, a whoop hog. Right. And so now you're just like, all right, now I'm just going to take any kind of opportunity away from being able to help others the way that I was helped. And I feel like that's more in line with Finn's character than just trying to randomly uh... <laughs> hold on, I'll try to read. Chris, do you think that might be because you believe Ray to be on Snook Star Destroyer? That may use your finger, Christopher. Use your fingers for those words. I will come sound it out. I will come in there and smack you. I lost my train of thought. Um, so there is no indication neither in the novel nor in the movie itself that um finn is force sensitive which is one of john boyega's criticisms of it and a lot of finn fans is that it felt so solely like that was a jj abrams lawrence cast and chris terrio thing um and i don't think anyone's ever asked brian johnson about the force sensitivity of finn in the film i have lots of questions for ryan johnson about uh finn in, in the well film. i will say and it uh, this isn't i don't want to excuse it because he i'm sure that there was enough time to have like changed it but he was writing the last jedi when they were filming the force awakens so he didn't have like the final product to see all the nuances and like the performances 
which I don't know if he had, I'm sure he still had time to change things or do reshoots or whatever. So, but that maybe is the explanation in that, in that way. Cause I've always, that's bothered me too. Like that's like the one thing that's completely ignored in the last Jedi. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't it take much. You could really put it in the last film or in the last scene where he, he either feels something about Luke and doesn't know what it is like, cause you could do it as simple as like what they do with Leia in empire where she's able to hear Luke, uh, Luke calling out for her. like, just do some like that thread is still continued. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hate that a lot of fanboys take that scene where Finn is going to try and sacrifice himself and be like, Oh, well, Finn should have died there. Then he would actually went out with some purpose. And I'm like, that's no, I no. So <laughs> the, no. the, the battering Ram cannon scene, um, I think is interesting because it reminds me of like real world, uh, attempts at good uh you know the idea of like heart being in the right place but going down the wrong path like hey like i want to do the right thing this is this clearly seems like the right thing to do and then being like no that is not the way we do this this is this is finn's coney 2012 moment uh oh, um, oh that's a that's a <laughs> wow that, that's that's something i forgot about <laughs> and, and and there's there's actually a really Something I noticed about this that I think is really interesting in that sequence is you have Rose and Poe in his headset going like, Finn, stop. This is not the way to take down the First Order. We need to regroup and figure this stuff out. And he rips off the headset. Uh, And it's just one of those things that it's just like you have people telling you that there is a path to go down. Like, you understand what you're doing, saying you're wrong and wanting to do this but there is a better way to do this and him not listening to it and we see this all the time in real life of like i i get where where the sentiment's coming from but let's maybe not do it this way and i think that is a an interesting moment for me watching that last night of like watching him rip off the headset with literal like logic and truth being blasted into his ears and being like no i'm doing this the way that i believe it should be done and just not listening to it and then having having someone basically have to shove him out of the way of his own destruction uh to understand what's what is really at stake here so i enjoy that sequence more because of that kind of like that really quick moment of him ripping off the set it's it's the hate that he feels that is well warranted that feels out of place for him because he has never shown to experience that kind of hate like oh i won't let them win like even when he confronts phasma on the, um the uh star killer base and he has that upper power dynamic because he has her at blaster point like he's not gonna like oh i'm just gonna kill you it's like no we're gonna throw you in a trash compactor yes narratively that was so she could be in the last jedi even though that was kind of useless if you were just gonna kill her off but um so like i understand that him wanting to do that but the hate and is is not a consistent character trait before or uh before that happens or after and after you could say oh he learns his lesson there but also again he is seven to ten days of being freed from someone that took his entire childhood from him his family from him if anybody is able to feel some hate for a few days it'd be him which is why when the line comes up that um you know we're gonna win by not by fighting what we hate but saving what we love like 
that is a very Star Wars line. In the context of Star Wars, I don't have a problem with it. In the context of it being said in that moment to Finn in that point in the timeline, I have an issue with. Just yeah. because contextually, from a viewer standpoint, to me, I feel like it, just a lot of choices with how they have written Finn as the first Black lead, as the context of a Black uh, person being an enslaved person is narratively insulting as a black man myself the same age as Finn at that time at least do you Rock. think it wouldn't be him being energized from everything he's seen at Canto Bite and everything on Snoke's ship um, and kind of just certain realizations happening to him that would cause that spike of energy that spike, spike, that spike of hatred I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like that's the context I kind of was taking away from it of like there's so much going on in such and like six hours, literally six hours going through all of that, maybe having a different visceral reaction than he normally would have in the first movie. Because that only happens at that point. He's not feeling that that hatred. If that hatred is brewing inside him, we see no evidence of it at any point up until that. So for it to just hit that high and then never happen again, like it'd be one thing if he went under Jedi training, right? And was taught how to like manage and control and let those emotions flow through and then let it go into the force. That'd be one thing, but he doesn't have that. So that just seems like for that one moment, we needed this kind of uh, narrative tension where one of our characters that we love might die. And then I'd also argue the way Rose saves him, it seems like just equally as liable to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think that's they a weren't point very because... well built ships. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's because they're like, they were rickety from the start. That was the thing. <laughs> like, I love um, playing them on, in Battlefront 2, but I always feel like, yeah, I understand why if I hit one thing, I'm done. <laughs> I, I would say, totally devoid of the conversation like crate is probably my favorite planet in star wars just because it's so unique looking uh i love the way crate looks uh, i love i love just seeing like the red streaks and the red explosions oh man it's great um but no uh kind of what uh i'm assuming is pep uh element seven yep. is saying uh i really do like the fight with phasma um most specifically he's using riot uh, baton uh, against her like that was the thing that like whooped his ass in the previous movie um and now he's using that same tool the same riot gear that's probably mm -hmm. used on citizens throughout the galaxy and he's going to use that same tool against phasma and i'm like i love that i love that part it's so good yeah that's great and it needed to be followed up by the deleted scene that that's what it needs to be deleted scene oh you haven't seen Oh, the deleted I haven't, I haven't scene. seen a deleted scene. I'm not it's, a deleted scene person. If there's no. an extended version, I will watch the extended version. I just it's I don't the go hunting. Acting that John Boyega does in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Nick listen, I'm still amazed he came out of that pretty much unharmed while Rose was targeting him as the one left unconscious. Yeah, pretty much that too. <laughs> yeah, and stormtroopers don't shoot Luke Skywalker. What are you gonna do? It happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So like that's so the hatred for Finn was, and then they followed up in at least in the novelization where Ray is talking about Leia, uh, and how 
you know, like Leia didn't have that hatred inside of her. Like she would have never, she wasn't touched by the dark side in that way. Um, like Ray says, Rob. Yeah, yeah, Rob, come on, yeah. Rob. There you go. The Rob Butler <laughs> productions. <laughs> I've already gotten a cease and desist from 20th Century Fox because of Star Wars content back in the day. I don't need one from Disney too. Really? Unless, yeah. Wait, unless you know Chris wants to go against Disney lawyers, but yeah, Stop I know. Trying back to when... make me go against Disney, man. <laughs> <laughs> back back in. Boyega. Tell, back in 2005, okay, back in 2005, I was part of the Force.net forum and everything like that back then. So they had a thread of where people were taking the episode three footage and um, taking the green screen footage and actually making digital environments, what they thought Mustafar and everything was going to look like. So I put it all together and cut a fan trailer for episode three. And this is before YouTube. So this is when we were using Rapid Share for people to watch the trailer. I had like something like 2 million downloads from Rapid Share, and then I got a letter from 20th Century Fox saying, hey, we need you to take down this trailer. Or we will, you know, there will be some legal action considered against you for using, you know, 20th Century Fox footage and things like that. So yeah, that well, happened it, to me in 2000. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it's funny. It's, court. Chris it's, Butler pulls up, popping his collar. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 I was do, 10. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the the best part about that though, Rob, is your trailer was probably better than the one that they came out with that literally showed the entire fucking movie. And that's why I got pulled. <laughs> that's why I got pulled. Did you know they had a live stream on the set yeah. of the Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. It's a random well, live stream. Well it was it was for all the prequels. They had it. I've only seen the Revenge of the Sith ones. Oh my god. As a kid, I would come yeah. home and I would watch that. For like an hour straight, not mm-hmm. even kidding. And that's how they pulled a lot of the um, the green screen footage for the episode three trailers that they did was because they were watching the live stream and they were just ripping it off and then mm, making their own adjustments to it. So I mean, the trailer's still on YouTube. So I mean, if you want to see my episode three trailer, it's still on my channel. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is amazing. You might have to pull it up right now. No, no, because no, because if he got a cease and desist, what the hell are they gonna do to us? I mean, at this point, they probably don't care unless you're going yeah. to, you know, use their music in a uh, a fan made trailer or video about a cer- certain Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, no, I can't uh, monetize yeah, this that is, video. This is before are. the MCUification of film. <laughs> yeah. No, but um. <clears throat> um so do we want to get into the whole loot conversation so but b- before um we dive in i just want to make one more point about cancel bite so chris said earlier about Paige didn't have to die but i think it was important to set up the emotional tension between rose and finn just be like hey my sister died protecting the fleet and you're running which i mean if you think about it from her perspective he was running Oh, I mean, I mean, when I said Paige didn't have to die, it's not like I'm like saying that she had to live, but I'm saying like from Rose's vantage point, like if she has that conversation with Poe and she's actually able to learn, like Leia told you to turn around and the destruction of the Dreadnought really didn't do all that much in the, in not even, not just the grand scheme of things, but like the, the minor scheme of things, then that's a different conversation. Like, yes, it sets up that, 
par- or, well, parallel, but also kind of conflict between uh, Finn and Rose. But that conflict can also just be eas- more easily dispersed if they have a conversation, which they have the time to do. It just doesn't happen. And that's a common Star Wars trope. Characters not having a simple conversation that would alleviate a lot of problems. But yeah. again, I would say, as I said, when someone... Tried hey, to Anakin, the, you, you feeling all right today? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Like when, Anakin, no! When, <laughs> you talk about it, bud? And then a Dr. Phil intervention comes in. He's like, well, my son, you've been doing some very bad things these past few days. Do you have anything to talk about that? I I I uh, fell to the dark side and I, I had well I mean hey yeah 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 I, that's not my problem I'm talking about the other people I'm talking about the victims and parents I'm talking about you know your, your your brothers in arms I'm talking about everybody out here so what you're doing over here is completely out of pocket and I need you to say sorry for being such an asshole to these people I'm sorry that's not good enough say it say it with some all effort. right Charlie we got it yeah, how the <laughs> so, fuck yeah. did we get to Char anyways you can't okay. bite so, so yeah so Doctor Phil I'm just saying. So, yeah, so like the same way that it's that common trope is the same way I, I would respond to people when they're like, well, yeah, they kind of sideline Padme in, in the prequel trilogy. So, oh, you know, Jesus, they of course me. they're going to sideline, you know, like they so they sideline Finn like they did it before. Yeah, they did it before. That doesn't mean I want to see it again. That's I don't think they sideline Padme in the trilogy. They only sideline her in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, that's still that's, that's, a, that's, that's a third that's part of the, of the trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. That's the so, big, big know, moment. Know, this, I would like so. to a point out that ended up on the cutting room floor, though. A lot I of her did stuff uh, on the room extensive floor. research about this for a TikTok one time, like three years ago. But uh, <laughs> Qui Gon, Qui Gon, has almost twice as many lines of dialogue in the Phantom Menace than Padme has. In the entire trilogy, which is funny because if you look at if you look at what George Lucas said, he said that Padme is the main character of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, she had did 18, a very bad job. Lines of dialogue <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, George Lucas said that Padme is the main character in the Phantom Menace. I well, I, I had to take a lot of research to figure out who the main character was in that movie. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, I I agree with Chris, like. The mistakes of the past, like, don't don't excuse getting to move it forward into the future. I'm also like almost anti that as well. Of like, the series has never been perfect. Like, do we expect perfection now? Like, it would be nice, but I don't know if there is a such thing as a perfect movie. Um, like, what's going to be great for you is not great for me. Like, again, I really like Finn's story, and I'm to- totally satisfied with the Finn story, not Poe's story, though. And it's obviously different for for Chris, um, but. I think more to get back on track to Canto Bite. Uh, I think there are lots of really, really good messages within Canto Bite. Even like the little things of like the little, the little alien that's like really drunk all the time, like collecting coins off of the ground when there's fathers like literally trampling overhead, like how disillusioned that guy is um, to the world around him and how that how we have people in the modern world collecting money with the world pulling apart around them that beautiful uh, alien is dabu Skay, who's played by mark hamill mark hamill voiced like everyone in star wars didn't he at this point like, <laughs> basically uh, yeah I, but, I'd also, go ahead I, no i just say you know tamiri bragg i got no problem with him i it was like 
I think two or three weeks after the film came out that I found out that people hated Broom Boy. I was like, for what? He was like, yeah. oh, well, why was he able to force pull something? Like, be- because force pulling things isn't that hard. Luke does it on the ice. No one told him how to force pull a lightsaber out of the <laughs> ice hanging upside down. Like, what do you nope. want, man? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but it is just like, I also would have uh, loved the scene, whether that would have been at the end of the ri- uh, last Jedi or the end of the rise of Skywalker, where Finn and Rose go to Canto bite and free those kids because yep. Tamiri Bragg should be Finn's first Padawan. That's interesting. I like I, that. Oh, to talk on the kids and not what could be, but what is, uh, I really loved in the end of the, at the end of the movie when they're, they're setting this, they're talking about Luke Skywalker and all of that. Um, I really like that the kids don't speak basic. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that to me is such a really important touch. Cause I think that's super central to the story of star Wars, where I don't think episodes one through six got of like the empire, uh, and the, separatists like were not so much the separatists for the republic but the rebellion versus the empire the empire was very human centric like yes you know it was a in even in the expanded universe of like oh it's a big deal that thrawn is as powerful as he is and yet there's no aliens going to fly against the death star uh and then we get nia nub in return of the jedi and that's it we but get Akbar. Also, yeah and we have this up here and there but in the sequel trilogy we get the abonitos that are are yeah, actively we get, fighting with yeah, them hello asti we also get um the the beastie uh, boys we get, uh, we get a, a yeah. ten nub. we get 10 nub <laughs> we and we get a lot more of that and we get to see again these kids who are human uh not speaking basic they're speaking what we can only assume is the native tongue of where they grew up and it's probably a world uh that was you know, exploited by the first order, hence why they're enslaved on Canto Bight. Uh, and they're taking advantage of people who, you know, may have limited resources within the galaxy. So I, I think it's a really interesting and smart touch to not have them speak basic. Because uh, I think it adds a lot of depth to the world within the sequels. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, but if you want, if you guys want to start talking about. Uh luke in this movie you guys can i got nothing else to say about cantabite or we like just keep that for entire other episode yeah, yeah that's exactly I, what I was there's a lot yeah. of i mean we're not movie. we're not we're not bringing rob back so if you want to see us duke it out <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm not rob, rob, rob are you pro done. or against last jedi luke so i'm split uh this is going to come to surprise to chris because he I've told him different arguments in the past. My, my, my. Okay. (laughs) I know how to read him just like he knows how to read me. Yeah. My relationship with The Last Jedi is constantly in flux. Like when I first got out of the theater, when I first saw it, I loved it. Then a few days after thinking about it, I didn't like it. Then I watched it again and I kind of liked it because it, you know, everybody has their own headcanon of what they think the next movie is going to be. And so when I started comparing my headcanon to the actual movie, I was disappointed. So then when I went into it the second time without my headcanon, I enjoyed it a little bit more. But then there were obvious narrative plot lines that I did not like. And that kind of took away what how I felt about the movie. So Canto by being one of them. Um, Holdo not telling Poe the plan, which sparked his 
impulsiveness and recklessness and caused the mutiny. I didn't really like that plot line. I didn't really have a problem with Holo as a character. Like, I didn't really have a problem with people as how the character, but how they were written. So, last Jedi Luke, I'll say this. Mark Hamill acted his butt off in that film. I absolutely love his performance as Luke. He did an amazing job. Now, everything that he was given is things that can be, I can say that there's some parts that I did not like. There's some parts that I did like. So, it, like I said, I'm split. I'm split. So, That's here's my question, Rob. After watching Kenobi, mm-hmm. does your take does your take change from Luke and Last Jedi? Because they are very similar and very similar points. They are. And so that's why, because I think I actually was talking to Chris about this when I talked about Luke running away to Octo to basically die. And he was bringing up how I said, you know, a Jedi wouldn't do that. He goes, well, what about Yoda and what Obi-Wan did? They went into exile as well. I'm like, ah, that's actually a very fair point. I think that was you who brought up that point. Was that you? Yes, it was. I knew he would remind me. And I was like, that, that's a very valid point. And then he brings up about the failure of the Jedi and everything like that, which I can agree about. He agrees about, you know, Sidious. He brings up all those points. Well, I, I agree with that. And so him going into exile um, made it, made it, you know, made it more sense. What I'm really, what I did not like about the something about the sequel trilogy as well is that we never got to see Luke, Han, and Leia together for just one scene. Yeah. As as bad as the Jurassic World trilogy was, they got one <laughs> yeah. thing right in the last film. The old <laughs> cast and the new cast got together. And they ended I, up- I I have maybe I don't know if it's a hot take. It seems like hot when I bring <laughs> it up. Uh I'm glad they didn't you know, I'm glad they didn't get that opportunity. I think it's better storytelling wise. I think when Chewie comes into the hut and Luke says where's han that's more impactful than and then and then it cuts to kylo yeah oh it's amazingly edited and it's just like that moment to me is worth more than the fan service moment of you know luke and han being together um with the real world scenario of carrie fisher passing away um yes it would have been nice to see it like to personally as fans see it but in the like grand scheme of we have a story to tell and what i what element said is right it, it is more impactful that they don't see each other um, and i agree with that i think i'm more colored because of carrie fisher dying and then yeah, now yeah. we'll never get that again i think that is where i come from on that angle it's because oh, yeah. narratively speaking i get that i get that but from a real standpoint you know being at um the Star Wars Celebration 2015 when they announced Force Awakens and seeing everybody there but Harrison because he was nursing a broken leg, that made me feel all type of way as a fan, seeing them together like that. So yeah, I, I, I definitely get that from a narrative standpoint, but as a fan, it was kind of like, I wish we had at least one scene, one scene it, with them all together. I I agree, but I do think it runs into like Fast and Furious. You're going to throw Paul Walker in a car because <laughs> yeah. he's dead. <laughs> I, I, I will say to, to the point about them not being together, what I would have appreciated from the sequel trilogy more is a little bit of seeing what they had successfully built to that being taken away from them, like seeing them actually happy. Because when often in Star Wars do we see characters actually happy? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like the end of The Phantom Menace, 
the end of Attack of the Clones, maybe because you Chris. know you have the wedding scene, but then it's immediately taken away <laughs> with the Imperial March. War as uh, hell. I don't know if you know this or not, Chris. <laughs> but I'm saying like they weren't always at war in between those 30 years. So if we had seen something about like what what are we losing with the new republic? Like we know we're they're losing their victory with the first order coming, but we don't really get a chance to see that victory all that much. Like we see it in books, but I didn't read those books until like 2017, 2018, because I didn't know they had come out. Um, but then, so th so there's that. For in regards to Luke and the Last Jedi, I have three problems. One, uh, the scene where Luke warns Han that is a deleted scene. It is 17 seconds long. You can't tell me that couldn't have been in the film because that could have been. narratively, it goes right before you go to uh, Leia on the ship and. Um, uh, like when they're in hyperspace, it goes from Luke Morning Han in the hut to Leia Morning Han in the thing. And that's just a beautiful parallel. They should have kept that. Uh, two, um, I don't have a problem with Luke going to Octo in exile. My problem specifically is him leaving Leia. Like, I feel like of all the people, Luke wouldn't have left like any kind of contact with with Leia above anybody else, considering that is the only family he at that point feels he has left. Well, like, see, I understand why. Mm -hmm. I see, just don't like it. Uh, and then the third final thing is Luke should have lived at the end just for the simple fact of he should have been around to help clean up the mess that he made. I Man, that's a whole... Wow. Well, you no, see, and, Chris, and, and, I mean, like, the reason why Luke didn't was afraid to go see leia was because he failed ben no i know and exactly why his parents did. and being like hey you trust yeah. me with your son and i failed you that he might have you know he would have felt guilty and would have felt oh like, no no i i 100 percent get that yeah, yeah, yeah. but when you um i guess in in for me it's like there is that bond because they are twins because of everything that they've gone through with the father, with their father yes. and all the things that we will get at some point in con uh, in content when they fully have that conversation. Um, I feel like there is a moment where Luke and Leia had a, uh, maybe not a conversation, yeah. but were able to feel like the other in, in the force and those emotions and at that point, like Leia, even where she is then, would have been forgiving of Luke to know that it was not his fault. Two things. And whether Luke accepted that or not is another thing. We just don't have that story yet. Two things. One, Chaco, I'd like to tell you a little thing about money, and it exists. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 demo and demographic. Uh, that wouldn't have gone over well. As as much as an interesting story would have come out of it. Oh man, that would have Yeah, I'd say from the Force Awakens making two billion, one billion alone was just from the original cast. I'm just yeah. being fair. Uh and number two, and this is maybe more head canon y or anything. Um I get it. I understand it. I just don't like it. I, I I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it otherwise. I'm just saying I don't like it. I think that I think the point that gets missed, and I don't necessarily anyone here is missing the point is that uh if we look at a, a new hope and we look at obi-wan like putting up his sword or hit his lightsaber and letting Darth vader cut him down uh he has 
fully accepted his physical form, his physical body is uh, meaningless in comparison to the force. Uh, and I do believe that Luke and Leia have that same understanding of that. Yes, you will not physically see me ever again, but the force will keep us together and you will feel me through the force and you will know that I'm there through which the at force. the end of the rise of Skywalker, we, we know that they're close to the force. Yeah. I, so, I will say the ending of the last Jedi book kind of doesn't do that. Cause Luke has to physically be told to let go in order for that to happen. Yeah. I haven't read that. So I'm going to bring up a point that Chris made. That's kind of a hot take. Chris said he thought that Luke should survive to help clean up the mess that he created in the universe in that same aspect i think ray should have died in the rise of skywalker and ben solo should have lived having been rebuild the jedi order and rebuild the universe that he helped destroy i think would have made a more narrative impact at the end of rise of skywalker if we got that that's just something i've been thinking about lately like if ben would have survived and ray would have died and he had the task of rebuilding everything that he destroyed I think would have made a hell of an ending. I, I would have become a toxic fan. If, yeah, if I would have become a toxic fan if Ray had died. What does that say to like all the little girls that look up to Ray? You know what I mean? I get yeah. like it would be interesting, but like there's no way. Well, I mean, it's it would basically be like if Vader would have survived Return of the Jedi. Sorry about all those war crimes, guys. <laughs> now I'm getting into the if Ben Solo should have lived debate because I am in the camp of he should have. Anyway, sorry about I don't think Ray needed to die in his place. I said it was a hot take. I did say it was a hot take. I'm I'm not in the camp of. Ben It'd be exactly, kind of like exactly, Pap. Exactly. I don't if he know had, had lived, that, everyone would have put a bounty not, on him. Did how did the galaxy know that Ben Solo and Kylo Ren are the same person? Like that it was a good point. Uh, it was never very explicit to me. There were very few people that knew who That's... Ben Solo. Oh no, but they know what he looked like. All I'm saying they is that... they know what he looked like. Yeah, Tech no, proves no, no. otherwise. Well, well, it, <laughs> no, it depends. No, that was Kylo Ren, guys. When Kylo, it wasn't um, me. It was the other guy. Yeah. When <laughs> Kylo is the supreme leader in between eight and nine, he doesn't have his helmet for most of that. If at, I mean, besides what we see in 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 Galaxy's Edge, which is a whole other conversation. Um, if if that's the case, his face is at least out there, so at least some people may be yeah. able to make the connections. He's, but his... it, I don't know if it's widely known. But all I'm saying is, if Ray brings uh, Ben back to the uh, party on Ajin Claus, and I'm Finn and Poe, we we about to go throw hands with Ben Solo. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, no, that, that was Kylo Ren. I'm Ben. I'm Ben Solo. Yeah. Ben's going to oh, pull out everybody, that uh, electric baton out of nowhere and just start going to town. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, like, like Force yeah. Awakens, the Z6 just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't need to take him back, but I'm just thinking about this now. Like, what would I have done instead? Like, I think they should go their separate ways. Um, but I feel like it would have been cool if, like, also, how did they wouldn't have i don't know how they would have been able to get out together because where isn't there only one ship left uh no his tie fighter would yeah his stuff still, okay. still around. um yeah i don't know it could have been cool if like ray took him to octo before she like like dropped him off and was like here this place helped me 
Yeah, hey, like, here's your rehab. Yeah. Deal with it. And it's fuckers. there's no one here. I promise. <laughs> yeah, Luke. Like, um, just don't throw rocks off of cliffs, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Vader survived and went back to the Ewok village, Leia probably would have tried to shoot him. Well, I, I, think, oh, the, I think the, the point Try? being is that Ben wouldn't be reassimilated into civilization. Uh, he no, would just be no. left. No, no, Leia, Leia, Leia would have tried to kill. So I, I would say two paths of a, of a Ben Solo should have lived story, how they would go. You either go the Legend of Korra Kuvira route, which happens post uh, the series in a, in a graphic novel um, where she she is in prison, but she is temporarily let out to help um, uh stop uh members of the uh earth empire that are still rampant that didn't uh go uh, didn't follow her order to stand down and then after that she is taken into custody of her uh adopted family prior to that to help rehabilitate her and essentially for her to uh carry out the rest of her sentence um and it goes from her pleading not guilty at the beginning (laughs) of the story guilty the second one is (laughs) the second one is if anybody's read the story of ruroni kenshin like that is the path of redemption and atonement that that's what say chaco just said that there it is what is that is that from thing or is that just ruroni kenshin is a manga and an anime um the anime the first two seasons are great the third season is all filler because the story wasn't done and it's terrible and wow that that word coming out i like the movie's mouth no 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 it is all filler is a thing (laughs) no it by definition of like in the manga anime sanders the third season is filler because it it is not in the manga that's oh, the, pretty okay. much the definition of filler when it comes to that. Like, it's not in the manga. It's not canon to the story. Yeah. Um, hey, Chris, how do you pronounce the name of that show again? Fight me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he used to say that name. Malice two over here. Malice he used to Malice say that two. name wrong all the time. Confirmed by kid. this guy that I met. His name is Ronald. <laughs> say hi. Oh, my God. So, um. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, but that, that would have been the uh, perfect. Uh, way for a tonant of been you know learning like who am i after being a killer for yes matt the radar technician i agree with that yes Matt. Uh, i would i would go more along the lines of like in seriousness like go along the lines of what brooke said is like live out your life in peace on octo um i haven't had my muffin yet matt where's the justice in that (laughs) I need my gluten, man. I can see both. I can see both. I can see, I can see Ray or telling him to go there to like reconnect himself with the Force, and then deal with like the atonement part of it. You know. Yeah, have all the Force ghosts be like, "Hey, kid, you fucked up. <laughs> you but fucked up. But not as bad as your no, grandpa." No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would just yeah. love to see him have a talk with Mace Windu. That would be fun. That would be real fun. Oh, look, another Skywalker being an asshole. Who would have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I could see that. I think that I think that could be interesting. Um, it's, it's a good what if scenario. Um, oh yeah. Again, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think as as goofy as it has been, like I, I do think the assimilation and civilization is like oh. really difficult to justify. Um especially to those on Hosnian Prime. Yeah, uh, yeah no shit. 
Yeah, not well, unless Finn and Poe and they... like a several other resistance members get the bare knuckle box Ben Solo <laughs> tied up to a pole. You gonna go up against Ben Swolo? <laughs> nah, he's tied up with the poles. So they're literally just throwing body blows right. and, uh, and face blows. <laughs> they're gonna punch his eight pack. Yep. <laughs> uh, Kylo Ren had an eight pack. Kylo Ren was shredded. shredded. <laughs> You're a liar, man. Kylo Ren's a punk bitch. <laughs> It's probably thirty pounds soaking wet underneath that black. I I do think this is this is my opportunity to plug Alphabet Squadron. Uh, You can write a really good redemption arc uh, with really bad people. Uh, Insert uh, insert Erica Quell. Here we go. Erica Quell, (laughs) that motherfucker. (laughs) 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 She's not a good person, but she learns to kind of be one. (laughs) <laughs> uh no I, I i do think her redemption arc is is super well written uh i think there is no she did not do this the scale of, of ben or anakin yes exactly uh Chaco knows but no there, you can write that redemption arc well i think with some clever writing you could do it with ben solo um it'd be really hard he's uh he's a bad boy He's a real bad We're going with Goat, former uh, Imperials. Um, uh, it's Cyanna Ree, a.k.a. Finn's mom, and no one will take that from me. A.k.a. She's still in jail. <laughs> <laughs> she is, until we get Lost Stars 2. You know. All right, she's still, no, she's still in jail when Exegol is happening. She's like, guys, can I get no, out? <laughs> no, because she... You know, she had Finn with Thane, and he was taken by Nash Winright. He's a prison baby. Oh <laughs> that just adds another layer. layer. Oh <laughs> that we're not having during Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> My God. The Padawans are now canceled during Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm not associated with pop ones anymore. Um, <laughs> the fuck you aren't. Um, uh, uh, Chris, uh, go ahead and close this thing out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with that too, honestly. But then I'm like, okay, who killed Reva then? Like, who, who, who punked Reva? All right, she, she's been punked enough. <laughs> uh, Moses Ingram. Oh yeah. Yeah, you want to you want you you want to share with the class, Rob? No, no, thank you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, listening into this conversation about Canto Bite with our wonderful panelists and uh, my co-host Luke Char, Rob Chase, and Brooke. Before we go, uh, make sure you like the stream and follow all these wonderful people on their social media platforms, which they are about to tell you about. Starting with Brooke. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. <laughs> um, okay, wait, hold on. I just thought of it. We we can't end a discussion about the Last Jedi without. I need to know if you are pro or anti porg. Pro porg. Pro porg. Is that that's yeah. that? There are some people that viscerally hate the porgs. Are you? Well, they should eating? viscerally go fuck themselves. I want to. I, I want to. <laughs> I want to eat, eat one. 
Exactly. That's my thing. Does that mean I ate if I want to eat it? That's that's what I want. I would. I, I will never be convinced. I will never be convinced that the Last Jedi is not an animal liberation propaganda <laughs> movie. Uh, the liberation of the fathers and the way that Chewie is guilted into not eating meat. <laughs> Brian Johnson's yeah, I vegan. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been guilted. I'd been like. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you want some? You want to join them? Like, that's, oh my god, oh, Christopher uh, DBCA. I'm delicious. <laughs> Luke will get that reference. I just love the porks. <laughs> delicious. I the just like them because, like, the little the environmental <laughs> science in me, like the behind the scenes stuff, is that the reason that porks are even a thing is because when they were filming Puffin. on the island. There were so many puffins, puffins and it yep, was easier yeah. to like put something over them in post than to erase all of them. And so they, made yeah, pork. and then you can sell it because poor capitalism. I, oh, okay, I, I, I more than one. I was not the biggest porg fan because of like, oh, you literally made a creature just to sell animals. Cool, great, here we go. <laughs> and then I found out it was like, no, we actually just were just editing over puffins because they wouldn't go away. I'm like, okay, that's cute. And he became. So right, fine, great. I would more like the crystal foxes on crate than the porn. I love the crystal. I God, I love. I really love those. God, I love those foxes though. The Vulptexes. The Vulptexes. Sounds like a Pokemon. I choose. They look like Pokemon. They look like Vulpix. It's close. But anyway, thanks for indulging me. You can find me at underscore bedazzler underscore. Um, on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, you probably won't find me talking about anything Star Wars lately. <laughs> Let me but if you I'm like wrong. The Last of Us, <laughs> and if you like The Walking Dead, your girl. Um, anyway, Far Far Away Factory. Buy my stuff. Yes, right here. Buy your stuff right now. Buy it way now. Longer, now. Okay. What are you doing? Why are you, why are you still here with us? Go to that... Get, what, what are your brotherhood shirt right now? Yeah, right now. Anyway, sorry. That's intense. What is this, Ferris Bueller? <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, Chase. Uh, to carry on the trend that Brooks said, uh, are we pro or against X-Wing Tokyo drifting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm super pro Tokyo drifting and X-Wing. <laughs> That's I, I the coolest understand. shit. I don't understand like, how you can be needles. anti that. Because it sounds fucking so cool. cool. Yeah. There are people that are anti acting and I'm like, well, hey, 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 hey boring hey, ass. Hey, yeah, exactly. They're anti fucks. Okay, like they don't, they do, they do not fuck. Like they don't know how to do that. Hey, Han drifted the Falcon. He learned that from his buddy Needles, and it worked out great. Okay, nothing uh, wrong with drifting a ship. But yes, uh, <laughs> very pro X-wing drifting. Very pro Canto bite. Very pro Last Jedi. And you can follow me at Ford into the Black uh, to talk about Star Wars, talk about Star Citizen, where I will be. Drifting spaceships on my own. <laughs> uh, Rob, I am Rob, the filmmaker. You can find my latest film, Wife Ain't Like the Movies, on Tubi, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Roku, and a couple other places. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok on Breezy two three four five. And everybody, live long and prosper. I'm sorry, wrong franchise. Oh, oh my no. god! All right, now I know why. <laughs> Why this? That's why he's never coming back ever again. Because that he did that. So that's what you have to deal with every day, Chris. Now I understand. Like, I mean, okay, but here's the thing. Like, I feel like Rob was planning that because when no, we were doing our little wave thing, he, he looked Absolutely. like he was about to do this, and I was like, "You better not do oh, it." Oh, I was thinking about it. 
<laughs> I knew you were gonna do it. Here's here's the thing, Robert. What franchise did you did you watch that inspired you to be a filmmaker? Star Wars. Yeah, see, there it is. Oh, he's been a nerd from the very beginning. I introduced him to Star Wars. Our mother is a nerd. Our mother loves Star Trek. And she's a Star Wars fan, but she she's a Trekkie more than yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, but, I know. feel that. I feel yeah, that. So. I mean, the amount of fan. animal abusers in the chat is really pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not animal abuse, Chase. It's the circle of life. Circle of life. <laughs> Rotisserie pork is not the circle of life. <laughs> hey, y- yes, it is. You cook it up, you fry it, put it in a little batter, give it a little garlic Jesus. powder, some you know, bacon grease. <laughs> like you're good. Disgusting. Great. Um, Char, I learned nothing from this you? movie. Before I say, before I say where the people can follow me, I just want to, you know, my life be like ooh, wow. ooh. My, my life be like, like ooh, now do it as Gilbert Gottfried. No, oh, please, don't do like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Where's the mute? Where's the mute? I don't. My I... life be like ooh, ah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, good people. You can find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at charcharj, as spelled right here. And you can find me here at the Pod Ones Podcast every Thursday night as we cover our Star Wars Rebels rewatch. And thank you for watching. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, I missed that. Uh, you Sorry. Can... Do you? <laughs> no, I really do. To be honest, I was rewatching the twi- I was wa- I was rewatching because I had to re. By the way, if you guys are watching or listening to the podcast part of of uh, like like not these bonus episodes, but like the the like what we're going through, uh, the numbers are going to be a little fucked <laughs> because I was going through every single episode and I was like, wait, hold on, we're missing something in the audio, and it's because I'm missing the mall returns arc and audio so i had to like change all the numbers so technically yesterday's was 81 to like next week's will be 82 but that was useless but, hey, stuff that i wasn't hey, that i'm so glad i know that me. now well, i'm yeah. sorry hey my so, life is infinitely better no yeah, your life is like ooh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah no, but look with, with that little mishap of 81 and 82 it's like my one of my favorite songs from some 41 we're in too deep ooh. I mean, I'm trying to I honestly, keep all the thoughts in my head instead of going under. You know, what I mean? honestly, it's like it's very on brand for me to make a mistake like that. So I'm. Oh, of course. With it. Oh no, so, yeah, you're okay. you're you're the king of mishaps. Okay, hey, you know. All this and quote talk in the comments is making me hungry. I, I want you to. Yeah, 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 that's, that's what I'm. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's I didn't need either. So, uh, you can find us on all social medias at the Pod Ones. Uh, if you guys like what you guys see here every Friday night, we're uh, live on Thursday. We're gonna be doing streams and stuff here shortly other content uh like comment subscribe go to chris's twitch by the way uh show him some love go to brooks because she streams the last of us uh in jedi fallen order um and buy her merchandise right buy her now fucking merch buy, buy her now. merch right now <laughs> all right uh chris uh, and you can find me, uh, uh, Star Wars Lawyer, on, on all the things. YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Hive. I think that's everything. And um, uh, you can listen to my podcast with my co-host, uh, Chris, Too Black, Too Nerdy, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. Awesome. But that's going to be it. We'll see you guys later. May the Force be with you. Always. There are more of us.